3: Jesse Kelly's show. Let's have some fun. I am back. Yes, it's really me on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I will explain where I was yesterday here in just a second. We're going to make fun of Joe Biden, and it's going to be glorious tonight. We have some great Ask Dr. Jesse questions. I I mean, some really, really heavy ones. So we'll, we'll get to all those tonight. Um... Here's the thing. I was ready to do my show yesterday. Remember, no phone calls today. It's, it's Friday. No guests, no phone calls, no nothing. Um, I was ready to do my show. That didn't end up working out at all, and here is why. Here's where I was. I was in Washington, D.C. yesterday. Now, you heard me on Wednesday night from Washington, D.C., do my show. Yesterday, I was in D.C. and ready to do my show, and they had a studio set up for me to do my show. But I was there on behalf of the great group Tunnel to Towers. I'm going to be talking about them a lot more, by the way. Tunnel to Towers, they started right obviously after 9-11. They were celebrating their 20th anniversary. They started, and their mission is to pay off the mortgages of Gold Star Widows and Gold Star uh, Widows of first responders and things like that. They've they've done it a bunch. And I got to hang out with all kinds of these widows yesterday. And when you hear their stories and what it meant to them and their families, it just it's, it's really, really cool. But I'm not going into that right now. But either way, yesterday they had their 20th anniversary celebration in front of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., where it was a really, really cool setup. They had all these flags set up. They had a white bag with a candle in it and every name on there of the guys who died in Iraq and Afghanistan. They had it surrounding the big pond by the, by the monument. I mean, it was really, really cool. And what they did was they simply had different readers reading off the names. And I got a portion of names that I was honored to read yesterday. I was supposed to be done in plenty of time to come do the show. And I mean hours. I was supposed to be done in plenty of time. These things sometimes go a little bit slower than you think. By the time I was done reading my name, my names, we were on the final hour of the show. <laughs> and so, I, I wasn't here. It's just, that's just the way it goes. I wasn't here. So, now you're going to have to get a double dose of me because I missed you. Alright? Now, <sighs> let's talk about Joe Biden. Let's just talk about this for a moment. Let's talk about looking out for one another. Everyone's killing Joe Biden because of what he had to say yesterday. And in case you've been hiding under a rock, this is what Joe Biden had to say about Satchel Page.
4: You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time pitcher in the Negro Leagues went on to become a great pitcher in the pros into the... Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Paige. Okay,
3: not not a great moment. And everybody was killing Joe Biden for that yesterday. But let's be honest about what happened here. And I know this is a little different than everything else you've heard. That wasn't Joe Biden dropping a, what are we going to call that, Chris? A half end bomb It's not an N-bomb, but it's a half end bomb Half N-bomb, let's call it a half end bomb that wasn't Joe Biden dropping a half end bomb. We know what he was trying to say. He was trying to say he was, Satchel Page was in the Negro Leagues, and that's what the Negro Leagues were called. They were called Negro Leagues. That's the name of them historically. Joe Biden was completely unable to get those words out. Chris played again, so it came out really, really poorly.
4: You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great. Negro, at the time, pitcher in the Negro Leagues went on to become a great pitcher in the pros into the Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Paige.
3: Okay, let's let's just unpack all of this right now. All of it right now. One, I realized why everyone piled on, and I piled on to and I just did it because it was fun, and you did it because it was fun. We all know what he was trying to say, though. Here's the problem. It's not Joe Biden's fault. It's Joe Biden's speechwriter's fault. As you know, look, what do you know about me? You know, I'm a bad person and a sociopath and all these other things. And one of the other things you know about me by now, you know, I don't do well with technology. So, yes, I don't need the the facial expressions, Chris. I know. I just admitted I didn't do well. Okay. Okay. So, you know what? Actually, this is a great example. Let's use Chris, for example. I was just in Washington, D.C. I had to do my show from there on Wednesday night. If I show up at the studio on Wednesday night and Chris hasn't lined out anything for me ahead of time and I have to sit down in front of this big radio board with all these buttons and dials and stuff like that. And Chris says, Chris says, all right, get that stuff set up and we'll do the show. Is that my fault? Is it my fault that I've been completely set up for failure? Chris understands, no, no, no. Everything has to be set up so he just has to talk. He's not capable of doing anything else technologically. So everything was set up. I had one button to push. Press this button to turn the mic on and press this button to turn the mic off. That's Chris setting me up for success. If you're Joe Biden's speechwriter, you are by now very aware that the president of the United States of America loses his train of thought, very likely suffers from dementia, gets lost, says the wrong thing, forgets words. Why are you saying anything involving the word Negro? Why are you putting that in the President of the United States of America's speech when you know we can't talk? Talk about setting him up for failure. And don't be wrong, I'm laughing at his failure. I'm glad he looks like a big boob cuz I can't stand the guy. But let's be frank, that's the speechwriter's fault. Talk about setting the man up for failure. Oh, uh, we got uh, Joe's got to give a speech today. Should we should we put something about the Negro League in there? How does someone not step in at that exact moment and say, "Uh, I think we should probably avoid that word because that's one you should be a little delicate about. And Joe Biden is about as delicate as the Incredible Hulk in a China shop. Talk about setting people up for failure. All right. That's enough of that. Let's get to some questions here. It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Yes, we're going to hit some big stories today. Remember, no guests, no phone calls. I'm loving this climate change story. There's a climate change prevention thing going on in New York that I'm going to bring up here in a couple minutes. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. But first, at first, I got this email and it was heavy. And I thought we should just go ahead. Let's just tackle this beast right out of the gate. Hey, Jesse. This past August marked four years of me being sober off hard drugs. And October marked two years of no smoking cigarettes. I still drink occasionally, but that's more more socially than anything else. When I was a drug addict and a serious alcoholic, I was also a big lib. And that started in my high school years. Now that I'm sober and have found my way back to conservatism, I spend my time at work daydreaming of the dreams I could have accomplished had I stayed true to my conservative upbringing. I had wanted to join the army and then become a police officer, but I didn't because of the siren song of socially pressured liberalism. It's not that my life is bad now. I'm a salt of the earth guy in warehousing that makes good money with a girlfriend and plans on getting a house. I'm almost in my 30s with commitments so drastically changing my life to chase a youthful dream isn't really on the table, but it feels like I'm not following my calling. How do I reconcile who I am with who I can no longer be? I know this ran long, so thank you for reading it. Keep up the great work, man. Brother, listen to me. I... After I spent some time in the Marine Corps, I had gotten promoted. I I became a non-commissioned officer. I was a corporal. And I eventually had young Marines, fresh Marines underneath me. I was in charge of them. And we would go on grueling physical things in the Marine Corps. Brutal humps and brutal runs and things like that. And sometimes, look, some people are athletes, some people are in better shape, some people are weaker and, and, and you know need to work out more, and some people just various things. And we had one guy in my platoon who was an absolute workout beast. One of those guys, high school wrestling superstar, soccer star. I mean, if you were gonna build an athlete in a lab, you would build this guy. And we had another guy in our platoon. We didn't know it at the time. We had another guy who had a heart condition. There was just something wrong with his ticker. Don't worry. This is going to apply to you in a second. I'm going to explain where I'm going with all this in just a moment. But first, but first, pure talk. Are you still giving your money your hard earned money for your data plan, for your sale plan, are you still giving your hard earned money to one of these big companies that hates you and your values in your country? I, I will tell you, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm working on getting better every day about putting my money where my morals are. It's not just that the average family saves over $800 a year when they switch to pure talk. It's not just that you the coverage is just as good because they're on the same network as one of the big guys. Now, every single month, even though my bill is a lot less, every single month when I pay my bill at Pure Talk, I know my money is going to a company that loves my country, will never dog on my country, customer service based in America. Switch to Pure Talk. They have a 30-day risk-free guarantee. You have nothing to lose. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250 two five zero and say Jesse Kelly. What Chris, we can make jokes. It's fine. You got that
1: right. The Jesse Kelly show. It, keeps raining, and
3: gonna it is the Jesse Kelly show. And I'm going to get to this hundred and seven million dollars of New Yorkers money. They're about to blow. Gosh, it's so ridiculous here in just a second, but, but I, you know what? I want to read this. I'm going to read this in its entirety. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, as you know, so just hang on for this. Hey, Jesse. This past August marked four years of me being sober and off hard drugs, and October marked two years of no smoking cigarettes. I still drink occasionally, but that's more socially than anything else. When I was a young drug addict and serious alcoholic, I was also a big lib, started my high school years. Now that I'm sober and I've found my way back to conservatism, I spend my time at work daydreaming of the dreams I could have accomplished had I stayed true to my conservative upbringing. I wanted to join the army and then become a police officer, but I didn't because of the siren song of socially pressured liberalism. It's not that my life is bad now. I'm a salt to the earth guy in warehousing that makes good money with a girlfriend and plans on getting a house. I'm almost in my thirties with commitments so drastically changing my life to chase a youthful dream isn't really on the table. But it feels like I'm not following my calling. How do I reconcile who I am with who I can no longer be? I know this ran long, so thank you for reading it. Keep up the great work, man. All right, let me let me start let me start this here. And I'm going somewhere with this, so just hang with me for a second. When I was in the Marine Corps, I was in charge of some men. And we had strong men, and we had weaker men. We had, one guy sticks out in my mind, we had his superstar athlete, wrestler, soccer player. Anytime we went on a grueling hump or run, it looked like he wasn't even sweating. It was just, even Marine Corps stuff, it was just easy for him. And we had another guy who we found out later had a heart condition. Now, when we would go on, let's call it a a gas mask run. They used to make us do that. We'd have to put on a gas mask and go on a run so you'd learn how to, they're really just trying to torture you, but it's so you learn how to breathe in a gas mask. And oftentimes when we would go on this run, obviously the super stud athlete would be fine. The guy with the heart condition, we didn't know. Again, we didn't know he had one yet. Oftentimes he would flat out pass out. He would run, he would stay with the group, until he would physically just pass out. We'd turn around and he'd just be passed out face down on the ground. Luckily, we didn't end up killing him by accident. It was just a heart condition that didn't catch. And I gathered all my Marines around me one day, and I said, listen, I know some of you are struggling keeping up. We're gonna do more PT, we're gonna get you stronger. But let me ask you what's more impressive. That guy, the super stud over there, who breezes through every run, Or the guy who has some struggles and he goes until he almost dies. I know what's more impressive to me. What's more impressive to me is the guy who goes till he almost dies. You're in your 20s, brother. You struggled with drugs and alcohol. You managed to overcome those things. You're already a gigantic success, not a failure. Not a failure, a gigantic success because people go through hard things and people, I mean, you understand everyone has struggles, right? People look around at others and they think that guy's life must be perfect. That woman's life must be perfect. She's beautiful. and Look at her handsome husband. And you don't know. Everyone has struggles. I've had a million struggles in my life. I still struggle with things all the time. I don't have some perfect life. I've had times in my life where I drank way too much and then did really awful things. I admit it. I admit it. Overcome it as you have. You're in your twenties. You've lived a third, a fourth of the time you're going to live. You got a dime girlfriend and a good job and you're about to buy a house. There's no reconciling anything. You don't have anything to reconcile. You're already a success, a huge success. It doesn't take being in the Army or or any branch of the military or or being a cop to be a success. Yeah, we honor those guys, and we always will. You're already a success. Forget about past mistakes. You don't have time. We don't have time to live that way. If I lived looking at everything I've screwed up in my life, and I don't even like calling them mistakes, like just bad things I've done. If I lived focusing on all that, I'd be a miserable human being, and so will you. Go put a ring on that dime's finger and buy a house and go make babies and you'll be a better man for it. All right, now let's get to this. Oh, New York. New York begins construction on a $107 million dollar Living barriers to fight the city's rising seas. I kid you not, Chris on the Southern tip of Staten Island, New York city's latest project to address climate change is now slowing, rising from the sea. (laughs) When complete this $107 million project will stretch along a mile of shoreline blunting the impact of waves, erosion and storm surges and sea level rise. Okay. Um, When you're putting up a wall to help stop the waves from eroding things, that's not stopping the rising of the seas, you morons. That's just simply something protecting the shore from the waves. That's one. Two, do you genuinely believe you can build something? If if you really believe the oceans are rising. Because of man-made climate change, which they're not, and there's no such thing as man-made climate change. But if you genuinely believe that, let's say you're a complete nutter and you believe that, do you think your hundred and seven million dollar project is going to do anything about it, buddy? If the oceans are rising, get yourself a raft and a snorkel, because there's nothing a hundred seven trillions going to do to stop it. It's the ocean, you morons. And I'm sorry, I can never get past this, how. How these people have sold this gigantic lie to so much of the world and they've gotten so much of the world, not just to believe it or give it lift service, they've gotten so much of the world to, to actually spend a fortune
4: on it. Listen to John Kerry,
3: these people.
4: By 2030 in the United States, we won't have coal, we will not have coal plants. By 2035, President Biden has set a target that we will be in our power sector carbon-free.
3: No coal plants by 2030? China's building them by the dozen while we shoot ourselves in the foot. Gosh, what are we doing? All right. <laughs> we have more on that here in just a second. Hang on. When the breaks, no What's your name, Louis the Jesse Kelly show. Man, it feels good to be back. I just I can't get over. I can't get over New York building a hundred and seven million dollar wall to stop the rising of the oceans. Gosh, how much money you know someone's probably done this, Chris, so I, I probably should have done some research for the show. How much money total has been blown on climate change that isn't real? Is it just think about that? Think how much money they've blown on this thing. Gosh. Anyway, it is an ask Dr. Jesse Friday. No phone calls, no guests. Lots of your questions. Let's get to one here. Possible reason for New York governor to empty the prisons. Oh, by the way, for anyone who missed it, I talked about this. It was on Wednesday's show. New York governor Hochul, she's closing six prisons down at a time when all these felons across, not just New York, across the United States of America, they keep turning all these felons loose and surprise, surprise, they keep committing more felonies when you turn them loose. Anyway, it's an opportunity to destroy the country they release violent prisoner the released violent prisoners will do something violent then it will trigger a remake of the summer 2020 riots and destruction pray that there are people who can deter this from occurring it will likely occur because democrats are in office i actually disagree on this i um i've been asked a lot You know what, Chris? Go ahead and play number eight. Uh, MSNBC is freaking out about Kyle Rittenhouse. Don't worry. This is going to tie into riots and everything else. MSNBC was ranting about Kyle Rittenhouse. And if you've paid any attention to the trial at all, I'm no lawyer. It certainly looks like Rittenhouse is going to walk really, really easily. It doesn't look like it's going to be close, but who knows, right? MSNBC's super mad about it.
5: That's a message that was being pushed to a 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, a child. He heard warnings about the boogeymen of Black Lives Matter and Antifa, and he took this illegally acquired assault weapon, which he admits not for hunting or for home defense, and he throws himself at the fray in Kenosha and he kills two people. The boy who killed people is then celebrated by the same pro-gun law and order culture that produced him as a hero and a martyr and he's bailed out with the help of right-wing activists, and he poses for a photo (laughs) grinning in the t-shirt of a long gun-themed coffee company? There's a legal question before the jury right now of Kyle Rittenhouse's guilt or innocence. It's being determined. From what I've seen, I think it's pretty likely he'll be acquitted, honestly. But there's also the broader question of what kind of society we want to live in. Ask yourself that. If you're watching this and you're a gun owner or, 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 or someone who considers yourself uh, a defender of the second amendment ask yourself do we want a society in which political conflict is settled on the streets between people with guns
3: sure oh quit no i'm kidding i'm joking i was we can make jokes chris it's fine listen they're really really mad because it looks like kyle rittenhouse is going to get off now let's let's unpack that before i get back to this email what you're seeing here you remember I had John Hayward on the show earlier this week, and I want to make sure I give him credit for this because this is actually his idea, and you know how much it pains me to give anyone else any credit and not take all the credit for myself, but he brought this up. He said this, was, this part wasn't on my show, but he brought this up. I saw him uh, saying it online. He said, listen, these people, they do feel like they're entitled to riot and burn and loot whenever they want, and they genuinely feel like if you stop them, You're the one committing an act of violence. They believe, remember, it's a religion. They believe they are sanctioned by their communist god to destroy this country. Any attempt to stop them from doing that is a complete affront to them. What other explanation could you come up with? That you're mad about a 17-year-old kid going over there cleaning up graffiti, gets attacked by a child molester, and gills him, and you're mad at the kid? These people feel entitled to do that. But back to the question from the email about the riots of 2020. People get these riots wrong all the time, all the time. I know we don't have a media in this country, but there are plenty of places you can go where you can find this information. What happened in the summer of 2020 after St. George Floyd died and cities started burning and there was looting and it was craziness everywhere. I mean, remember, they firebombed a cop car in New York. It was everywhere. People were under the impression, to this day they're still under the impression, that these were just organic protests that just popped up because we got, we got a bunch of America haters in this country, and they all gathered up, and they just decided to just all come together and dump on America. That was created. Created. Yes, maybe I'll give you the first day in Minneapolis. What happened in 2020 was planned, paid for, and created. And there's mountains of evidence of it. They were dropping off pallets of bricks in these cities where the riots were taking place. I know there was a city, gosh, I forget which one it was. It may have been Boise, but I believe it was in Idaho. There was a city where the local sheriff busted a caravan of Mercedes vans Driving into town with of Antifa guys in it with projectiles and stuff to throw. Do you have any idea what it costs to rent or buy a Mercedes van? On top of paying the people to be there, that was funded. That was intentional. Those insane riots we saw were intentional. Why? Well, this is what this is why people get confused on it. Well, that doesn't make sense, Jesse. People are going to blame Democrats. No, you blame Democrats because you understood who was running the cities. You understood who was holding the cops back. What happened was last summer, people, normal people, not you, not me, normal people. They got this feeling of unease. They got this feeling like everything was chaotic and nuts and they got uneasy and I just want this stuff to stop. And the communist does that on purpose. When he's not in charge, I mean, Lenin was doing this back during the Russian Revolution. When the communist is not in charge, he knows he must go out and create misery and chaos and death and a feeling of unease in the public because then the public starts looking for something different from their leadership. You you would think, and I would think, oh, that's nuts if anyone would blame that on, uh, you remember Trump was president. Who would blame that on Trump? Trump didn't support any of that. Uh, That's what you're saying. Yes, you would never blame that on Trump. The general public would. Maybe not overtly. Maybe they wouldn't go home that night and say, honey, did you see these riots? Man, that's Trump's fault. But. Leading up to the election, what was the thing you heard time and time again about the reason people were leaning towards Joe Biden? What was the reason? Do you remember what it was? I do. It was, uh, we just need to get everything calmed down. We need to, what was it, Chris? Return to normalcy. They created the abnormalcy. So come election time, we would, quote, return to normalcy. If Kyle Rittenhouse gets off, I have no doubt there'll be a couple protests. There won't be anything like what you saw last summer. You won't see anything like what we saw last summer until the next time a Republican gets elected president of the United States of America. Don't think for a split second what you saw last summer was some organic thing that just a bunch of of people were mad. Oh, no. That was paid for. That was organized. These communist street groups are not only not separate groups; they're one group. They're very, very well funded. The right, the right will give some money to a congressman, senator. The right will donate to president. Maybe your local, the state house. The communists. Oh, the communists will donate to the president, but the communists will donate all the way down the line. And they're more than happy to go out and rent a couple Mercedes vans if they have to. You see, they played politics all the way. All the way. Never forget that. All right. We have a lot more. Ask Dr. Jesse. The Surgeon General is apparently an idiot. I'm going to play you that audio here in just a second, but over 6% inflation. Over 6% inflation. When I tell you about Oxford Gold Group, if it sounds like I'm a little pushier about it than I am about other things, it's because this is what I hate. This kind of thing has happened to me before. I don't want an email a year from now saying, Jesse, I wish I'd listened and I got some gold. I'm wiped out. What can you do? Man, if inflation is at 20% a year from now and you're financially destroyed, there's nothing I can do for you then. Gold just hit a two-month high. Call Oxford Gold Group and get them to mail you some gold. They will mail you gold to your front door. They have the reputation they have for a reason. They will mail you real gold so you have tangible value in your hands. 833-995-GOLD. Tell Oxford Jesse told you to call. They will take extra special care of you. 833-995-GOLD. Oxford Gold Group. Call them today.
1: The Jesse Kelly Show. I like it. Returns next.
3: It is the Jesse Don't Kelly Show. Do we know? Are we a hundred percent sure that song is kid friendly? What is what is Black Betty? You think it's a firearm? Chris, could you do me a favor and make sure before we play that again, we have kids who listen to this show. I mean, I was just thinking about that. I've always liked the song, right? But, she gets me high? Now, I, hey, uh, look, I've dated a few dimes in my time. I don't remember any of them getting me high. What are we talking about here? Let's, let's go ahead and dig into that, Chris, before we play that again. Some of those old songs, you gotta be careful. Alright, you know what? <laughs> the surgeon general it is it is it is amazing how bad our institutions are now how much the rot of cultural marxism has destroyed our institutions think about this think how think how lofty the post of surgeon general is i mean that's that's important isn't it that's huge surgeon general of the united states of america that's huge our surgeon general he's an idiot.
6: Do you think that they should be able to take their masks off? If they're in a classroom, you know, I know the, the incoming New York City mayor is considering this. If you're in a classroom where the teacher's vaccinated, the kids are vaccinated, should a bonus be that you can take off the mask?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Well, I certainly think getting vaccinated takes us one step closer to that. What the CDC has said is that in areas... You know that have high or substantial amount of transmission they want people to still wear masks for the time being but as cases come down yeah uh, certainly it will become a, a possibility for us to take off our masks so we just got to keep going in terms of getting vaccinated taking the safety precautions as cases come down and stay down we'll be able to remove a lot of the restrictions
3: oh okay okay well that's funny because this is the cdc director wolinski these people are clueless
7: so that means kids should continue to wear masks even if they're vaccinated
2: and I would say masks are for now, but we they are not forever.
3: Okay, so when you notice how you never, ever, ever, ever get a number, why do you think that is? Why do you think you can never get a number? We're almost there. Keep going. Oh, it won't last forever. Up soon. Hopefully by Christmas. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, what percentage? Well, we're just going to have to wait and see. Why do you think that is? I feel like I'm shouting, Chris. This is what happens. This is what happens when I miss a day. I end up getting too hyped up for the next day, and I feel like it's coming through in the microphone, and I'm yelling at everybody. It is coming through a little bit. Dang it. it. Uh, Everyone, listen. Turn down your radio a little bit tonight. I can't guarantee I'm going to be able to dial that back. In all seriousness, these people are morons. The people who lead who lead this country are morons. Dr. Jesse, the only man I listen to besides my husband, I did a ghost tour on my campus. I'm an older student going to be a very or going to a very liberal college. Another story for another time. The school I go to used to be a woman's only college back in the 1800s. Oh, can you even imagine how brutal that would be, Chris, a woman's only college? I'm so annoyed just thinking about it. Anyway, one of the students back in the day hanged herself because she fell in love with her professor, but he married someone else. Chicks are always so overdramatic about that stuff. But anyway, it's sad that she, it's said that she haunts the theater where she did that. While doing the tour, we went into the theater, and the theater major who was giving the tour got quiet. I screamed on purpose and scared the tour guide and the others on the tour. (laughs) I love you, lady. That's awesome. (laughs) What, Chris? That's funny. Oh, it's fine. Hi, doctor. You frequently allude to Chris, but I've never heard Chris respond. Since you seem to have a playful, childish side, I'm wondering if Chris is actually just a make-believe Jesse playmate. But also you seem to have a dark side, so more likely Chris is something like Norman Bates' mother in Psycho. Prove to us that Chris actually exists, lives, and breathes. Chris, do I have a playful, childish side? I don't think so either. You know what that is? That's my immaturity. That's what's coming through. That's what's coming through. But once again... We've had to do this several times on the show before for people who think Chris is make believe. Chris, please do me a favor and tell all of America and let them hear your voice. See, how many times do I have to play it on here? Ah, Lee. Oh, Chris, did you hear Dome? <laughs> See, sometimes. Sometimes this administration really is outstanding for comedy. You see, she <laughs> she asked for questions, but she forgot uh, you're supposed to use the pre-approved list of the regime for questions. And yeah.
6: So with that, I'm happy to take any questions. Okay. Oh, uh, Simone, are you? Are yes. You uh, oh, my uh, microphone was not okay. on.
2: So okay. let's do our first question from Felipe Ricard from
3: Le Monde. <laughs> I'm happy to take questions. Oh, wait, wait. I'm supposed to. Oh, wait. I'm supposed to just. (laughs) Gosh, think about think about how wild this is when it comes to Biden. We know Biden has the pre-approved list of questions and people he's supposed to call on. Now, wrap your mind around this. How completely terrible Biden has been at handling the media, handling scandals, how bad he looks already. Like, think about his approval numbers right now imagine how bad it would be if he wasn't completely controlled and completely protected by the media. If he had even slightly Republican coverage of his administration, I swear they'd be running him out the back of the White House by this point in time. His approval rating is down where it is and that's with all the help out there. Gosh, that is amazing. Jesse, since you promote manners quite frequently, I have a question for you. Is not the proper response to someone saying, thank you, you're welcome? Why does almost every guest on every talk show say some form of thank you in response to the host thanking them for coming on the show? Shouldn't they just look straight in the camera with the almost pretentious attitude of the dose Equis guy and say, you're welcome? <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to do that. As an aside, I'm beginning to think you've been sandbagging your education level. You regularly state to be just dumb this or simple that, then on occasion you slip up and dip into Russia's vocabulary, blurring out a three, uh, blurting out a three or four syllable gem like Tuesday when you used apropos. Either Senator Cruz is r- r- starting to rub off on you, or you've been lying to us. I've got to be honest with everybody. You ready for this? Hang on, I'll explain.
0: No dark sarcasm.
3: Jesse Kelly show on a Friday and ask Dr. Jesse Friday. We'll get back to the Biden stuff here in just a second. I want to bring this up, but I was accused of sandbagging my education because I said the word apropos. I don't remember when I said that word. I think it was Wednesday's show maybe, but I've got to, this hurts. I got a level with everybody right now. I just read that word right before the show. And I actually Googled it to make sure I knew what it meant. What, Chris? What's that? That's, uh, sorry. Okay. Sometimes I need to find out what words mean. I mean, I, I, we have to keep in mind, we're not doing a one-hour show on local radio anymore. And sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget that we're actually speaking to all of America now. And we'll show up the next day and I'll have done something dumb. I know you're going to find that shocking. I've done something really dumb. And we'll have 50 emails. (laughs) Now, the good news is everyone just goes along with it and laughs with me. See, that's fine. Uh, Chris, one more time. It's not going to be one more time. Play Joe Biden again. And again, I maintain, yes, we can all ride Joe Biden about it because he's a complete piece of trash. But this is not Joe Biden's screw-up.
4: You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time. Pitcher in the Negro Leagues went on to become a great pitcher in the pros into the Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Paige. Uh,
3: The the great Negro at the time. That's not Joe Biden's fault. That's whoever wrote that speech for Joe Biden. Would you put Helen Keller behind the wheel and fire up the car for her? That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Would you hand a... Michael J. Fox, a glass of nitroglycerin? No, you wouldn't. You don't tell Joe Biden that he's supposed to say the word Negro in a speech and think that he's going to pull that off in any way, in any way, shape, or form. Dear jumbo-sized Brad Pitt, <laughs> you know what? That's not very nice. Oh, I guess it probably is nice, Chris. You know, you know it wasn't nice because I was in D.C. yesterday. Somebody photoshopped a picture of me beside the Washington Monument, and I was the same size as the Washington Monument. Nobody's nice to me, Chris, and I'm nice to everybody else. Dear jumbo sized Brad Pitt, regarding your supposed junior college experience, you state that you took and failed algebra several times to explain away the lack of an associate's degree for that particular time span. I love how people are digging into my background. This is problematic since algebra is a ninth grade junior high school course. and would not be available at such a prestigious junior college. That's not true. Trust me. I failed it several times. This is probably a simply a simple Googling error on your part as you crafted an elaborate cover story. <laughs> My theory is that you actually took the African poaching job after your service and you used junior college in attempt to cover up your controversial employment. If I'm correct, please come clean. You will feel the sense of relief in the weight of 10,000 Michael Moores being lifted off your shoulders. <laughs> I will accept your response no matter what and will consider the matter closed. For those not aware of what he's talking about, about the African uh, poaching job, I have brought this up before, uh, mercenaries, private military contractors. They're not something from the movies. This is, this is a very normal thing. As, as you are sitting there listening to the sultry sounds of my voice, Chris, as they're listening to the Oracle, there are private military contractors, mercenaries operating all over the planet. When you are, When you develop a set of skills, a deadly set of skills, people will pay you for that set of skills. And when I was in the Marine Corps, I brought this up before, There was an advertisement that they made sure we got, not the Marine Corps powers that be, but, you know, I don't know where it came from, but someone always made sure we got these things in our hands. Hey, whenever you get out, we'll pay you $30,000 a month to go to Africa and hunt poachers. $30,000 a month. Now, there were no benefits, but $30,000 a month, buy you some serious health insurance, right? I Full disclosure, I did consider it. I really did consider it. I ended up turning it down for a couple reasons. Uh, well, I actually have nothing really inherently against taking human life as long as it's the right human life. I think that, oh, all violence is wrong. That's so ridiculous. That's not true at all. I mean, there are pedophiles and all. that's not true at all. But just setting that aside... I don't like poachers. I don't like African b- b- people hunting down these African elephants and stuff like that illegally. I think that stuff's gross, but I don't hate them enough to think I want to kill them. Does that make sense, Chris? Does that make sense? No, Chris, you're the wrong one to ask. I shouldn't have said, I can't ask Chris because I already said the $30,000 and we all know all Chris can see is the money at this point in time. So I'm not, I'm not asking you anymore. I'm not asking you anymore. You're you're out of this conversation. I I didn't feel like I wanted to go kill poachers. And you you want to talk about the all-time wuss-sounding thing? Here's honestly one of the main reasons about. I didn't want to tell my mom. Well, think about what I'd already put them through. I mean, think about now. I've never had this experience. I know you may have had this experience of sending a child off to war. Remember, my parents not only didn't know I was joining the Marine Corps to begin with, they didn't want me to. They were furious when I signed up. Furious. And then they had to watch me go through all that training and whatnot, and then war breaks out. My parents didn't hear my voice or know I was alive for a two or three week span during the initial part of of the Iraq invasion. What's that like as a parent? Do you even sleep at night? Do you even sleep with your son overseas in combat? I had just put them through hell. How could I come back having put them through that and then turn around and said, all right, guys, I'm off to Africa. Have a good one. What, Chris? Chris, I understand I could have afforded a satellite phone. Would you please get the money out of your head for a moment? And believe me, I was all, I was a little money struck myself. $30,000 a month? I don't think... Let me think. I don't think by that point in my life I had ever made $30,000 in a year. In a year. And they were offering this. So believe me, I was close, pal. I was close. But I opted not to go that way. Chris, did you hear this absolute lunatic on, uh, what was this, I think this was on MSNBC. It might have been CNN going off about why Kyle Rittenhouse is going to get off.
7: What I know is the law and what I know is what white people are willing to do to defend white supremacy. If you look at this judge, if you look at his pretrial motions, Rittenhouse has been in, been in and around the jail since he shot those people in Wisconsin last summer. So if you look at all the decisions that Bruce Schrader has made, they have been heavily balanced and weighted towards Rittenhouse, towards his defense. Um, there, I, I see very few neutral decisions in his history. What we have as a judge who from my perspective has prejudged the trial in favor of Rittenhouse and has decided again even at the pre-trial stage to use every bit of his power to put his thumb on the scale towards Rittenhouse's side and that was obvious before the trial started
3: i think i really really love i love listening to the communist squeal about activist judges That's all they want are activist judges. And I'm going to be honest with you, and I know you're going to think I'm a bad person, and you're right. I am a bad person. I want activist judges, too. I want my activists. I I don't do this thing where I just want, you know, I want non-partisans on the Supreme Court. I just want them to interpret the law. No, 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 no. That was old, younger, more naive Jesse. Current Jesse I want the most partisan animals, right-wing lunatics I can find taking over the bench in every single level in this country. I want them to view their mission in life as destroying communists. That's what I want. That's what I want. I make no bones about it. Dr. Jesse, should there be more vets in Congress, those who know the meaning of sacrifice? Says I can, It's okay to use his name. His name is Gary. Maybe this is what I mean by maybe I I, I need to clarify. I know a lot of veterans who were willing to die for their country and almost died for their country who have then gone on to be in Washington, D.C. as congressmen or senators, and they have been lousy, absolutely lousy. Yes, I, I, I think we have a huge patriotism problem, I, and I fully acknowledge that. But let's just be honest about this. And you, obviously, you know my thoughts on veterans and the respect there. A lot of our veterans turn out to suck when they get to the House or the Senate. The, the swamp, that's what you want to call it? It's powerful, and it swallows veterans and non-veterans alike. That's, that's just a fact. Now, let me tell you something else. I was thrilled I got an email earlier today. Some guy went out and bought a hero gun for every female member of his family. And, fellas, I want to be clear. These these things aren't just for women. They're for men, too. Shoots pepper balls 100 miles per hour that explode on contact. They are debilitating when you get hit with one of these things. Just the impact alone, let alone the pepper cloud, have you clawing your eyeballs out. They're cake to use. Anyone can use them. They have a laser sight on them. You're not going to miss They don't require a concealed carry permit. Yes, I do believe every single woman should have one of these. Fellas, you should have one too. You know how many weapons I have? Plenty. I have a hero gun as well. You always, always, always need backups. And who knows when you would prefer a non-lethal option over a lethal one. Go to Hero2020.com. Use the code JESSE. It'll get you a special discount. Hero2020.com. Code JESSE. State restrictions may apply. Fighting for your freedom every day. USA!
1: USA! The USA! Jesse Kelly Show.
0: It is the
3: Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday. And ask Dr. Jesse Friday a couple housekeeping items. Uh, don't bother calling in. We don't take phone calls on a Friday. I haven't really taken phone calls all week. I might, look, I'll probably bring back some calls on Monday. All right? Don't bother taking it. I'm not going to take Don't call. There are no guests on Friday either. The whole show is me answering the questions you email in to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Now remember, your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions, all those are welcome at jesse at jessekellyshow.com and... If you missed any part of the insanely entertaining and awesome Jesse Kelly show, Chris, the whole thing is available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. Without further ado, allow me to present the Vice President of the United States of America.
6: We must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going and our vision for where we should be, but also see it as a moment, yes, to together address the challenges and to work on the opportunities.
3: What? (laughs) Hold on, now now, I want you to listen to this again. Kamala Harris She sounds like a robot virtually all of the time, does she not? Is she, is this not the least natural sounding human being ever?
6: We must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going, and our vision for where we should be, but also see it as a moment, yes, to together address the challenges and to work on the opportunities
3: what does any of that mean (laughs) together we have to together work together and be together we're together everybody she can't do it she can't do it all hi i'm blank i'm not reading your name i'm 13 And after listening to you on the radio, I've never felt the understanding I have now. I used to think that communism was a good thing and I wasn't very political, but you've opened my eyes to show that communism is one of the worst things that could happen to our country. And I a hundred percent agree that BLM, LGBTQ and climate, climate change supporters are tearing apart our country. I don't care about the quote unquote things that people are. I just want to treat them like normal people. And live in the proud country we used to call America. How about that, man? Thirteen years old, Chris. Thirteen years old. I'll tell you, I am I'm aware that kids listen to the show, that people listen with their kids. And that's why I that's why I do the show I do. I will always do a family show. I don't pretend to be a good person. I never have been. I never will, but I will never do a show you have to turn off when your kids are in the car and you're going inside the store. When you're making dinner and my show's on in the background, you never have to worry about me saying something your kids can't hear. That's not because I'm a good person; I am not. I'm just so sick of all the wretched filth, not only on the radio, on TV, out there. You can't let your kids watch a football game anymore without being right there on the remote control. You can't. I'm so frustrated. If I sound frustrated, it's because I am. As a parent, I mean, I have an 11 year old and 13 year old too. I want to. Uh, I want to kick back and watch a game sometime. I want to leave the radio on for a minute and not have to worry about it. You can't do that anymore now. It drives me nuts. And that's why I do it. I am very aware that there are a bunch of kids who listen to the show. The show will always be family friendly. Always. Dear Shogun of the anti-communist alliance, I believe it's time to revisit the institution of public dueling as a means of settling defaming and slanderous accusations. The commies might think twice about calling everyone a racist or terrorist if a couple of them got anchored, assuming they'd be willing to take their blank out of their, I can't say that word, out of their wife's purse and man up to the challenge. What say you? Well, I don't think dueling's going to be coming back anytime soon, but that does remind me of one of the great historical stories of all time. So the other day, cruising home with my son Luke, my youngest son. He's 11. Sharp as attack. I mean this kid is sharp as attack. One of those kids, you hate people like this, straight A's without any effort. I mean don't get me wrong, he does always work, but he's not trying hard. He finishes before everyone else in class and he's just sitting there screwing around. He's one of those guys. I know. I can't stand people like that either. But the sharpest attack, sharp as attack. And we're going home and and the subject of Andrew Jackson comes up. And I said, "Well, yeah, Andrew Jackson. Shoot, he did some cool stuff," and he was a little taken back. Luke was. He said, "What about the Trail of Tears?" And I said, "Okay, I can see we're dealing with uh, even in good schools, even in good education systems, that uh, clearly we have a long way to go in this country. So let's let's do a little cool history story, and let's first approach this with a little history philosophy. One." There are no angels or demons in history. There are men. All men. You included. Me included. All are capable of good things and bad things. And if you're being honest about your life, if I'm being honest about my life, the truth is I've cobbled quite a bit of both in there. Haven't you? Has every day been a good day for you or every day been a bad day for you? You've probably had some good days and bad days. We don't, I don't, sit here for most people and historically look back on the past and issue my judgment from the year 2021 on people who lived in the past. The Trail of Tears. Do people even know what happened during the Trail of Tears? Are you aware that there was a tribe that broke out and slaughtered a bunch of white people and the Trail of Tears was the response to that slaughter? Did they never teach that in school at all? They don't teach people anything. And by the way, I'm not criticizing the Indian tribe for breaking out and slaughtering. They were a tribal people trying to avoid getting taken over. They made war. They lost war that's not good or bad that's the way the world works all right now andrew jackson let's tell one of the cooler history stories ever in a second hang on jesse kelly show is that, is that was rush wasn't it chris uh-huh. i sound lukewarm on him, man i'm lukewarm on him and hold on hold on rush was the name of the band or was it that person was that a woman or a man see getty lee that's her name his name his name sound like a chick and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out on rush i'm kind of all right all right back to the by andrew jackson story before we get back to your emails here on the jesse kelly show Again, if all your knowledge of Andrew Jackson is Trail of Tears, you have been sorely, sorely, uh, just completely sold a bill of goods by your history teachers. Shame on all of them. Shame on all of them. Andrew Jackson not only had somebody attempt to assassinate him and then he beat the guy almost to death with a cane – He beat his own assassin almost to death with a cane. He also did this. One of the great historical stories of all time. One of the coolest ones. Back when Andrew Jackson lived, there were duels. You know, the single shot pistol duels, just like out of the movies. Andrew Jackson was, of course, in several of them. Remember, Andrew Jackson at the age of 14, 14, was taken captive by the British during the American Revolution and refused to shine the boots of a British officer and got slashed in the head with a sword because of it. This dude is hard as nails and awesome. So Andrew Jackson, I'm forget. i doing this off the top of my head, so I forget the exact situation. I believe the man insulted his wife and Andrew. I don't remember what the story was. Andrew Jackson loved his wife, but I'm pretty sure that was a story if I remember right. Either way, the guy who was doing the insulting was the greatest dueler in America, maybe. I I think the number was 26. I know it was in the 20s of how many duels this guy had fought and won. Okay, so you're dealing with a deadly man here, a deadly man. And Jackson knows this. Jackson challenges him to a duel anyway. Jackson knows he can't beat this guy because no one's beat this guy. You're not going to be faster than this guy. So Andrew Jackson wears an overcoat that's way, way, way too big for him. Way too big for him. Wears an overcoat that's too big, squares off with this guy in a duel. The guy turns when it's time to turn and shoot. Jackson turns and the guy turns. Jackson doesn't even attempt to shoot. Jackson stands there in his extra-large overcoat and allows himself to be shot in the chest. The overcoat is so big, the guy misses Jackson's heart by inches. Jackson reportedly barely flinched as he got shot, then raised his pistol and gunned the guy down. Andrew Jackson was a boss, and if all you know about Andrew Jackson is the Trail of Tears... You have been shortchanged by everyone in your life. Gosh, I can't wait to start doing history stories again. You can't get a straight take on history. Everything is all this white guilt. Oh, the poor Indians. Oh, look what we did with the slaves. America sucks. White people are evil. Every single historical story is presented that way these days. We can just talk about the facts, we can talk about battles and motivations, we can talk about the good people did and the bad people did. It's fine. It's totally fine to have these conversations. Anti-communist Jay Steele. I heard the ghost story about Abe the other day. That was really cool. That was really cool. Chris said, and we can talk about how the Italians killed Jesus. You people aren't getting away with that, Chris. All right, you people are not getting away with that. No, no, no. Pontius Pilate stepped up and said, I'm washing my hands of this. This is on you. What? Chris said, who nailed him to the cross? I realized the Romans nailed him to the cross. Chris, it was your fault. Oh, that's dirty to pull that out. You know what Chris just said? He said, what was the excuse of the Nazis at the Nuremberg trials? Just following orders. That's wrong, Chris. That's wrong. All right, we're moving on. Anyway, the guy said, I heard the ghost story about Abe. That was a really cool ghost story about Abe. I forget who called him, but that was awesome. I caught your remark about not being a fan. I think we'd all like to know why he shouldn't be such a largely celebrated president. Well, th- I'm not going to cross that bridge as far as celebrating him or not. He's revered in this country, and that's fine. I understand why he's revered because he's viewed as the president who, quote, ended slavery. And slavery is disgusting, and we didn't want slavery. Okay, so let, let's, I understand all that. But again, the way we look at history is so twisted. Abraham Lincoln, you you are aware that Abraham Lincoln did not fight the Civil War to free the slaves. He fought the Civil War to bring the South back into the Union, and you are aware that for much of the war, Abraham Lincoln basically had a standing offer on the table, hey, hey, no, 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 keep your slaves, just come back into the Union. Now, I understand the end. he did not like slavery. I'm not ripping on the guy. He didn't like slavery. He did want it ended. And as a result of the Civil War, it did end. But these historical saints and demons, we decide. I'm out on that. Abraham Lincoln wanted all the black people deported to Liberia. Look it up. I'm not making that up. And I'm not trying to rip on Abe. He just wasn't this god. He wasn't Saint Abe Lincoln. Now, I do believe he was probably a very good man. And we clearly wanted slavery to end because slavery is disgusting. I just don't like, I mean, again, you ask the normal person out there, left and right, was Andrew Jackson a good guy or bad guy? Almost all of them would be like, bad guy. And you ask somebody, was Abraham Lincoln a good guy or or a bad guy? Oh, he's a good guy. They were both good and bad. They both did lots of good and lots of bad in this life, just like everybody else. That's where I come at this stuff from. I I was uh, just in D.C. I'm going to keep bringing that up because I was just in D.C. I was just in D.C. And I will actually encourage you to take your kids to visit D.C. Give yourself two or three days. I really genuinely believe as an American it's something you should do. If, If you have the opportunity and you have the money, I understand money doesn't grow on trees. If you can visit D.C., visit D.C. Because there are some things that I believe Americans should see. I believe Americans should go see our memorials for the veterans, the Vietnam War Memorial. I think you should go look at those names. I think you should look at the World War II Memorial. I believe every person on the planet should go to the Holocaust Museum in D.C. It is powerful, man. And and I'm telling you, you know, I'm not exactly an emotional type. It's powerful and really well done. I mean, amazingly well done. I think you should go do fun, stupid stuff like I did. They have a spy museum in D.C. It's sick. It's totally cool. And I think people should walk through Arlington Cemetery. And I'll be frank with you. You know how much I revere the people who gave their lives for this country. Before I walked through Arlington the first time, it wasn't something I felt a real tug to do because I was thinking to myself, I mean, okay, it's really cool. I'm glad it's there, but it's just a bunch of tombstones. What am I getting out of it? It's different when you're standing there in front of a tombstone and you're reading the tombstone, the, the little mini biography of a guy who died during the Boxer Rebellion in China. When you're, I mean, It's different when you're there. And when you go up to Robert E. Lee's old home, when you go up to Robert E. Lee's old home and it overlooks Arlington Cemetery, when you go up there, it's powerful up there. It's powerful. But even Robert E. Lee, speaking of angels and demons, I I understand we're supposed to think of him like Adolf Hitler today. What was he supposed to do? He was loyal to his state. Obviously, you don't want people fighting for the cause of keeping people slaves, but it was a different time back then. What would you have done? What would I have done? The answer is we don't know. I don't do historical angels and demons. Uh, Very rarely do I do that. Very rarely. All right. One of the funniest emails I've gotten in a long time was the one we just got about MyPillow. I love all your emails about how much you love your MyPillow pillows. I love that. And I love that you're thrilled about the sale right now. They were originally $69.98. Right now they're $19.98 with the promo code Jesse at MyPillow.com. And some guy wrote in. That he bought his sister two MyPillows and she's this hardcore leftist and she loved them but threw them away because they were MyPillow. <laughs> anyway, these things are incredible. And honestly, you can get the original MyPillow that started it all for $19.98 and they're extending the money-back guarantee until March 1st of next year. That's absurd. Got to go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials and use the promo code JESSE though. Or maybe you're driving, that's fine. Call 800-845-0544. That's 800-845-0544. Use the promo code JESSE. Go get the best pillow on the planet and one that also drives the communists insane. How great is that? MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE.
5: Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly.
4: How many times, if you haven't, if you don't live in an area where you have high-speed internet you can afford, you know, how many times you've driven your kids to the parking lot of McDonald's and sat there, going off the McDonald's internet so you could hear?
3: <laughs> oh gosh! That's our Commander in Chief. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Let's get back because it is an Ask Doctor Jesse Friday. I do realize that the the show. It's probably growing fast enough that I should explain things we do on the show more Uh, on Monday through Thursday. I won't call it a normal show because it's anything but a normal show. But on Fridays, it's really, really abnormal. I just answer your questions. The questions you email into Jesse at Jesse And they don't have to be political. They don't even have to be serious. They can be, that's totally fine. But the whole day is you, Jesse. Let me start by saying you're the best. Well, Clearly, he's right. What, Chris? I'm 56. I've listened to talk radio for 30 years, and I've heard them all. I think you're the best show out there. I love that someone is not only articulating American values, but also with a manly perspective, no apologies, and take-no-prisoner's humor. However, right now, I'm hurting inside. My son is in the Navy, and they won't let me attend his graduation unless I get the jab. Gosh, that's sick. I know it means the world to him for me to be there, so I buckled and took the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine. I've seen others sacrificing in this fight against tyranny and feel defeated. I know ultimately it was my choice, but I feel betrayed by my country that they forced me to choose between my son and my freedoms. Hope to hear you read this on the air and get your take. Says I can say his name. His name is Phil. Phil that's your son that's your son graduating heading to the navy it, you don't have to feel bad about anything man look we it's more than just talk it's more than just you and me talking on the radio and stuff like that. the system out there that stands against us that wants to crush our freedom freedoms it is real, and it is powerful. It's extremely powerful. They have the ability to force you to do and say things you don't want to say. Yeah, I, I, we get these emails a lot of, I feel defeated. I took the jab so I could keep my job. I took the jab because of this. Now I feel worthless. Stop with that. Stop. Okay, you, you got yourself in a bind, or you, you ended up in a bind through no fault of your own. You took the vaccine so you could see your son graduate. Man, I'll tell you, my son, if he's graduating like that, (sighs) I might be tempted. I might be tempted, to. I might break, too. That's my boy. I would live and die for my kids. That's my boy. You got to let that guilt go. That's not going to be the last time the system gets you on something. It's not. It's not going to be the last time the system gets you on something. Seriously, it, it, we are not in control here. The entire federal government, the entire thing, bureaucracy especially, is against you. The entire American media, for the most part, against you. Hollywood makes movies and sitcoms against you. They hate your guts. The university system hates your guts. Shoot, we lost half the churches in this country. Ah, oh, Our white privilege you are surrounded by very powerful forces. That doesn't mean you're helpless, not by any means. Because remember, there's tens of millions of, American, of Americans who think like you do and want what you want. But if you think if you think we're going to fight this fight and not take casualties, you got another thing coming. We're going to take casualties. That's the way it goes, man. Keep your chin up. Go enjoy your son's graduation. What's done is done. You can't take it out of you now. My early submission for this week's questions. Got to get personal. Triggers. What is the number one trigger for you to enlist as a Marine? What was the trigger that got you to get out of your apartment alone at night and get on with your life? Keep it keep it short, so on and so forth. What was the number one trigger for me to join the Marines? Well, I've I've talked about this before. When I graduated high school, I went to college at Montana State University because that was just... I mean, back then it was, I mean, it, even still today, but back then the thinking was, that's just what you did, right? Everyone, everyone goes to college, got to go to college. Hopefully you can get into college somewhere. Always. I wasn't ready. I was a bad student in high school. I didn't, I hated school with the fire of a thousand sons. I hated it. I thought it was pointless and stupid and I was learning stupid stuff. I hated it. I was not at all ready for a university. I got a 0.0 grade point average my first semester and did marginally better my second semester. I the trigger wasn't complicated. I've always admired military guys. I've always always loved military books and and these heroes and you read these stories and watch these movies. And I always looked up to Marines. I knew a couple, couple of my buddies. Their brothers had joined the Marines, and I just, I'd always looked up to them. And so, I took a self-assessment at the end of that first year of college, and I honestly thought, I thought I was going to waste my life. I thought I was going to be a dirt, a a turd, a turd, a turd, or a dirt ball the rest of my life. That's what I was worried about. I didn't want to be that. I wanted to do something to kind of slap myself awake. And I figured the Marine Corps would be a great way to do that. And, and so what, Chris? I realized, look, I have impulse control problems. I do not dabble. I don't dabble. I don't I don't dip my toe in the water. I simply see the water, and I dive in headfirst, and what come may come? What, Chris? We don't have to bring up old stuff, Chris. Chris is mocking me now because uh, my dad was mad enough that I joined the Marines and then he was ten times as mad. I thought he was going to murder me when he said, "Well, did you at least choose some kind of profession in there that'll help you with employment later on?" And I was like, ah, "It's funny you brought that up, Dad. Actually, I went infantry. Oh my gosh, I can still hear him yelling to this day. He was irate, irate. <laughs> and the second one was, "What what trigger got me to get out of my apartment?" Because remember, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I wasn't doing. I was pretty fresh back from Iraq. I wasn't doing that well. Uh, what got me to move on with my life? Uh, honestly, I found a great church. To be honest with you, I found a great church, kind of slapped me awake, uh, just caused some of that anger to go away. I was a very, very violent, very angry person when I got out of the Marine Corps. I really wanted to hurt people, and that's not where you wanted to be. Again, I knew I had to do something to change it, so that that changed it. All right, more asked Dr. Jesse next.
4: Dr.
3: jesse kelly show final hour of the jesse kelly show on an ask dr jesse friday all right i you know what i'm going to address this business small business owner question first because apparently i have set off a firestorm i have a fish opinion i've brought it up before i'm going to bring it up again it is turning everyone against me all the crazy things i've said this is the thing that may push me off the air they may push me off the air, Chris, but we'll get to that in a moment. This one, dear handsome, sir. See, that's how you start an email, Chris. What do you recommend small business owners do about the probable vax mandate for companies with less than a hundred employees? My husband and I own a company in a very blue state and we currently have 25 employees. You mentioned a lot about employees and their options, but what about people like us who care about their employees and don't want to see anyone lose their jobs? Please advise the small business owners out there who are anti-mandate but want to keep the doors open. Thanks a lot. Another huge fan, like all former Rush listeners. Please don't use my name. P.S. Proud to say I don't own a pair of ballet flats. <laughs> all right. Now, I hate what I'm about to say, and I'm mad at myself for saying it. You got to ignore the rules. Now, I'm not allowed to encourage anybody to break the law, and I never will, but hear me out here. If every business out there, small business, simply complies every time they try to do something illegal, we're never going to get out of this. And remember, they are the ones breaking the law, not you. There is no law that a business has to put a vaccine mandate on its employees. It does not exist. Joe Biden is not a king. Joe Biden is the commander-in-chief. It is his job to execute the laws that Congress passes. Joe Biden does not have the authority to stand up and say, businesses, do this, with the stroke of a pen. Joe Biden is breaking the law. It is against the law what Joe Biden is doing. He is a lawbreaker. We can't just all continue to go along with it. And the reason I'm mad at myself for saying that is not because I'm worried about getting in trouble. I'm mad at myself for saying that because it's easy for me to say. I'm not not in control of your business. It's not my livelihood. And I know what it takes. I know what it takes to... Start a small business. Not because I've done it, because I've watched my parents did it. My parents started a construction business about the time I joined the Marine Corps. And I watched what they went through. You know, Mortgages out on your house and stuff like that. I know the sacrifice business owners make. So here I am, sitting behind the microphone, it's easy for me to say, sitting behind the microphone, telling you, defy them. I know that's easy for me to say. I don't have any skin in that game. If your business goes down. I'm not going down with you. So it it seems selfish and stupid for me to say it. But it's still true. Unless businesses defy this, we're toast. And I will tell you, don't defy it alone. Find other small businesses and join forces. That's what we've been missing on the right so much because we're such individual thinkers and individual people. That's part of the reason you're on the right. If you were all down with groupthink, you'd be a communist. You're an individual. We have to set some of that aside now that we are entering a new era in this country and we must group up. There is power when we group up. That's where the power is. The power in a place like Virginia wasn't because one mom got mad and showed up at the school board. It was because thousands of them did. The power is in the numbers and we have the numbers even in your blue state you have small business owners all around you i know you do who feel the way you feel group up get together come up with a plan and i applaud you for trying to protect your employees i i i'm so disappointed in america's corporate world i just i cannot believe how many businesses out there just chose to lay down for this garbage. I'm so mad about it. I cannot believe how this has happened. I think it is such an absolute disgrace. It is a stain on this nation that so many businesses out there just laid down for something that isn't even a law and treated their own employees like crap. Where do these people get off? Where do these people get off? Who does that? Gosh, it makes me so stinking mad. Dr. Jesse, if you had to choose between these foods for the rest of your life, which would it be? Pancakes or waffles, bacon or sausage, Philly cheesesteak or Perm- Primanti Brothers? All right, let's address this last one first. Chris, what's Primanti Brothers? Chris, would you look it up while I address the other ones, please? Primanti Brothers. Oh, I'm sorry. You actually have to do something. First first off, pancakes and waffles. I am a pancake guy. I love pancakes, so I won't be painted as anti-pancakes. There's nothing like a waffle though, because you get extra butter and syrup, and you basically have not it's not even a waffle. It's a it's a bunch of little mini bowls of butter and syrup. Gosh, I'm starving now. Bacon or sausage? <sighs> I'm gonna catch heat for this. Sausage. I love bacon. I love bacon. I had bacon for breakfast this morning. Sausage gives me more options. I have Italian sausage. I have hot sausage. I I mean, look what, Chris. Chris, do you think you should be weighing in on the pork debate? I mean, there are a lot of things you could be weighing in on. I think maybe when we're discussing pork, you can sit over there and sit this one out, pal, okay? Read your Old Testament again. Moving on. Did you look up Primanti Brothers? What is it? It's a chain sandwich restaurant? Well, I'm going Philly cheesesteak then. And I'm sure Primanti Brothers is great. I I I just I don't know it. I, I don't know it. All right, let's address the fish thing as long as we're talking about food. I don't care how many people this makes angry. You're welcome to email me your hate, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. But here it is. You ready for this? You don't like fish. You're pretending. You're lying to yourself and to others. I don't like fish either. And you know how I know you don't like fish? What do you say when you take a bite of fish that isn't good? You all say the same thing. What do you say? Everyone knows it. What is it? It tastes what? What'd you say? Fishy. Hmm. That's so weird because I've never bitten into a steak and said, "Ooh, this is. This tastes too beefy. I've never bitten into a bite of chicken, and I ate a lot of chicken, and said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how chickeny this is. But you bit into fish, and you didn't like it, and said it was too fishy. Why is that? Allow me to elaborate. You bit into fish and didn't like it because it tasted like fish. You don't like fish. You like a bland piece of meat that is prepared the right way. This is what people will say when I say you don't like fish. I'll get responses like this. Oh, yeah, right. You've never had my grandpappy's deep-fried fish. It's deep-fried. I'm sure it's good. That doesn't make the fish good. Or you'll get a lot you'll get a lot of this especially from Southerners, you know, we have a bunch of Louisiana listeners. We'll get a bunch of this. I guarantee I'll have emails like this. Ah, You've never had my mother's. She pours crawfish etouffee over it after she blackens it. It, Buddy, I could could pour crawfish etouffee over a jockstrap and it would be delicious. That doesn't make the fish good. You like how fish is prepared. Fish sucks. Everyone knows fish sucks. Everyone knows fish sucks. What, Chris? Don't shake your head. Chris, I don't want to hear any of your arguments about fish. You can't defend it because everyone knows I'm right. Dear Jay Smooth, I pose this question to every veteran I ran into over the last 10 months. I've gotten mixed answers and would love your take on it. Let's say the left continues to shred the Constitution and the citizens find the revolt. If this revolt were to lead to some form of civil war, where would our military stand? Would they ignore orders and stand with the people against the government would they turn their weapons on the people your thoughts sir and he signed it a disgruntled fireman trapped in a liberal wasteland I don't think you want to know my thoughts remember that book that I've recommended a thousand times you remember what it was I mean we've had this talk before and this is this is a difficult talk it is especially because Americans you and me don't we kind of revere our military? As we should. I mean, those are the brave men and women out out there putting it on the line, living hard lives, fighting, dying on behalf of us. So uh, military people have a special place of reverence for most of us, right? Same, same as cops and firefighters. It's just people who wake up every day. I mean, I wake up and talk in a microphone. Those guys wake up and maybe die. It's just totally different. But, I mean, you want to talk about it? We're going to talk about it in just a second, but first, I had a guy email the show and he bought, you know how I've been telling you Eden Pure has this special right now. It's actually my special. They have a special where you can get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for under 200 bucks. Eden Pure Thunderstorm, I remember it's it's the air filter, the air purifier with no filter. It doesn't have a filter in it. You don't replace it and it cleans all the odors out of your air. And this guy writes me, and he says today, hey, I bought three of them, wanted to make sure they were as good as you said they were. I went and bought nine more. The guy owns 12 of them now. He's handing them out as gifts. Try it if you don't believe me. Go. These things have not only taken away my allergies, they take the odor, all the odor out of the air, pet odor, cooking odor, paint, whatever the case may be. It doesn't cover it up. It eliminates it. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE3. That's Jesse and the number three. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE3. He doesn't care if you believe him, but
1: he's right. Jesse Kelly.
3: Jesse Kelly's show on a Friday and ask Dr. Jesse Friday. The question was, in case you missed it, guy wrote in and said if if a civil war were to break out, and obviously nobody wants that, I would hope nobody wants that, but if it was to actually happen, where would our military stand? Couple things. Do you know what our military leadership is like right now? Barack Obama went in there and fired over a hundred generals and filled this military with a bunch of America-hating scumbags. Those are the people who lead our military. I had a private conversation this weekend with um, someone who would know. I'm going to leave it that way. With somebody who would know, and our military is much, much worse than even I've been saying. It's much worse than you can imagine, and our military is. I'm just going to emphasize this, and I cannot give you details yet. Our military is not ready for combat with China. Not ready for combat with China. Let me just clarify that. Our military is currently painted rust. We have communist America-hating losers at the top. That's one. Two. Have you ever read the book Ordinary Men? I've told you about this book a bunch, and remember, I'm not—I don't know the author or something like that. I'm not, they're not paying me to say this. It is not a book about the Holocaust. It is a book about human nature, and here's the basic premise of the book. And I, it, I, I you know, it's a family show, so understand this book probably not appropriate for all ages of kids. I mean, it depends on how old your kids are. I, I would probably let. Man, I don't know if I'd let my 13-year-old read it. I probably would, but I'd be hesitant. I'll tell you that much. It's heavy because here's the basic thing behind it. when In Poland, Nazis had already taken it, and obviously they weren't big fans of Jews, but it was a peaceful place because the area was already conquered. We got all these Jews in this area, and you hate them because you're a Nazi scumbag, and they wanted the Jews gone. Well, you're not going to leave your crack troops in an area that's already conquered. You need your crack troops up at the front line where there's fighting. You need them against the Ruskies and whatnot. So you take your completely average troops, your your reservists is what they were. You take your middle-aged, overweight reservist troops... And you throw them there because they don't have to actually do anything. they they it was called a police battalion. That's all they were doing. You're guarding intersections and stuff like that, uh, peaceful places. You're, you're not you're not fighting. And so these men, these were not actually Nazis. Remember, everybody who fought in the German army in World War II wasn't some Jew hating Nazis. There were tons of guys who were just patriotic Germans. And then the Nazis took over, and you're all uh Oh, okay, I guess. I guess we got to do what this Hitler guy says now. Well, these guys were that. We're not talking SS lunatics here. These are just fat accountants, the reservists. And one day, Nazis decided they were going to start killing all the Jews in occupied Poland. And they had this battalion. They gave this battalion orders to go... Execute a bunch of Jews, men, women, and children. But it was actually mainly the women and children. Picture this: they were hauling off the men, women, and children. And I mean, how how precious are kids and women? I mean, you know, you know what a jerk I am. I can't even raise my voice to women. I it just it's they're women, right? I mean, they're women. They should be treasured and protected. So you've been given orders. Now they order this unit, this reserve police unit of 500 men. They order them to go shoot a bunch of women and children in the back of the head and I'm sorry to be so graphic about it but that's what happened they knew because this these weren't a bunch of card carrying you know Nazis it was, weren't a bunch of SS guys they knew or assumed a bunch of men would be very uncomfortable with this they didn't sign up to go kill Jews or execute Jews right they take the 500 men and they stand them up and they give them the option. Anyway, anyone who doesn't want to participate in this today because they were going to go in a village and round them all up and go shoot them in the head in the forest. Anyone who doesn't want to participate in this today can sit it out. 500 men. Do you know how many said no? Ten. Ten said no. The other 500 went and snatched up women and kids and proceeded to do things that you would consider demonic. And, oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, All the stories are there, how much they hated it and how guilty they felt. And apparently they all went and got blasted drunk that night trying to forget about it. But that doesn't put some child's head back on his shoulders, does it? Be very, very careful about saying things like, oh, the military would never. The, 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 I know our troops. History says otherwise. History says otherwise. And Chris pointed, Chris just said they did it again and again and again. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I could point out they went on from there to do it again and again and again. And by the end of the war, they were looking forward to it. They were, they had just lost all humanity. And you know what? Here, here's something sick for you. Virtually every man in this unit, not all of them, but virtually everyone, got off scot-free in the end. Went right back to their lives. Just living a German life. Right back to the old accounting job, being a lawyer, just keeping up my shop. How sick is that? How sick is that? Dr. Jesse, man, that got heavy. That got you know what, Chris? Get me some Frito Bandito. That was too that was too heavy. It was too heavy. And yes, Chris, you're right. Massad did get a few. Yes, they sure did. Give me some Frito Bandito.
1: Aye, 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 aye. I am the Frito Bandito. Hey, I like Frito's corn chips. I love them. I do. I want Frito corn chips. I'll get them from you. Ay, 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 ay. Oh, I am the Frito Bandito. Give me Frito's corn chips and I'll be your friend. The Frito Bandito, you must not offend. Munch, munch, munchy, bunchy, munch, Frito.
3: Oh, I feel better. I feel better already, Chris. <laughs> Back to your questions. Dr. Jesse, I'm a civil engineering student getting ready to graduate next May. I have several big-name engineering companies telling me they want to hire me upon graduation. Long story short, the highest-paying positions are being offered by civil engineering companies that have diversion, diversity, equity, and inclusion departments, or they have vaccine requirements. I have the vaccine because I was coerced into getting it by the state of California, but I absolutely refuse to show proof of vaccination. I feel terrible for having given into the system and complying, but I felt I had no choice. Jesse, am I setting myself up for failure? I need some help. No, you're not setting yourself up for failure. You're going to be just fine. I'll explain. Hang on.
0: I'm dragging me down.
3: It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I want to address this question real quick. Guy's getting ready to graduate, going into civil engineering. Bunch of companies don't want him. or, Or he doesn't want to go work there because they have vaccine requirements or diversity and equity departments and all this ridiculous crap. And he has to be setting himself up for failure. No. One, you're a civil engineer, which means you're a brain and probably a total weirdo in a good way. So you're going to be just fine. But... You are going to set yourself up for failure if you launch yourself into the major corporate world at this point in time. Uh, This is hard. This is hard to, to say because you're affecting people's dreams and things they've worked hard for. We are in a new era in America where choices will have to be different than the choices your parents made and the choices their parents made. You've been out there busting your butt in school to get your grades and get graduated and go be a civil engineer. And you can still do that. Find a smaller, preferably family-owned, but find a smaller civil engineering company in a red area. And I am perfectly aware of what that means money-wise. I know, because I get these emails all the time. I understand. Jesse, I'm graduating, and I could go work for this Fortune 500 company, and they're offering me 200 G's a year, or I have this smaller company that's in uh, rural South Carolina, and they're only offering six, me 60 grand a year. I I'm not here to sacrifice money, and I'm not here to tell you, if, you know, money doesn't matter. Obviously, I, I want you to be successful. Go make a billion dollars if you can. I want that for you, but I am you're just you're gonna have to take it from me on this one. I have lived everywhere everywhere, all over this country. You cannot put a price on living in an area that shares your values. And I can't tell you all the little miseries that come with living in an area that does not, that does not. I brought up yesterday, I was at the uh, Lincoln Memorial doing that reading, reading the names for Tunnel to Towers. And I had this lovely young couple come up to me. It was complete blessing. I mean, people were coming up to me all day long, taking pictures and stuff like that. It was fun, but I had this young couple come up to me, they were living in DC and I've, I've never been so blessed in my life. They said, Jesse, we're out of here. We're moving to Tennessee. We're taking your advice. They're going down to Tennessee to get married and make babies. they will be a million times happier than staying and trying to wade into that filth. You as someone on the right who thinks on the right, you don't have a unlimited options within the United States anymore. The corporate world is too rotted and filthy. But that doesn't mean you don't have options. You just can't have any option. Someone I'm very close to right now is actually losing their job because of the stupid vaccine requirement and going through this new hiring process. Person's highly qualified, amazing resume. Everything isn't an option. Everything isn't an option. Some things aren't options right off the bat. Jesse, my liberal girlfriend and I are having a discussion slash argument about getting the kids, girl, two girls, five and seven, vaccinated up in Boston. I, I'm adamantly against it. She's for it. I'm conservative. She's a nurse and keeps telling me she knows the medical field and that the doctors she works with are getting their kids vaccinated. We are at an impasse. I told her she will probably get her way anyways because I'm sure Massachusetts will pass down a mandate. I'm not budging, and I know she won't get them vaccinated without my approval. I don't know what to do. It would be too much of a burden to move. Any words to help sway her? I I don't know your woman, buddy. I I don't know your woman, but I will tell you this. I don't know that you have to sway her because a, a liberal nurse in Massachusetts working with a bunch of liberal doctors may not be able to be swayed yet. So why don't you stop trying to sway her if she's not going to do it without your approval? And that's awesome. That tells you that's a good woman right there. Just tell her, honey, wait. It doesn't have to be yes or no today. Let's wait. Because they're already revealing. Look, it was in mainstream news organizations. It was the Wall Street Journal today. The Wall Street Journal came out and people are having problems, man. Real problems. And I'm talking kids are having real problems. Give me just a second and I dig this thing up for you. I know it's unprofessional, but I don't prepare for the show. (laughs) People are, here it is. Based on data, this is from a Marty Makery uh, medical doctor. This is, there was someone wrote into the Wall Street Journal. Get this, get this. And look, you can look this up yourself. The headline is Should you vaccinate your five year old? And then he goes on and he says this. These are his words, not mine. We should not be giving healthy kids a second vax dose at the three-week interval, especially boys, where 1 in 7,000 get myocarditis and 1 in 136 of them died. Vax deaths could approximate COVID deaths in boys 5 to 11 with no comorbidity. 94 COVID deaths. Out of 28 million kids 5 to 11, nearly all had comorbidity. Based on the data, kids with no comorbidity are estimated to basically not be at any risk at all. And yet the second dose of the vaccine, this again, this is not me. This is a medical doctor from the Wall Street Journal. The vaccine is more harmful to these kids than coronavirus is, Period. Now, I'm not telling you to try to sway her with that. Maybe you can't sway her. Maybe she can't be swayed. But I am telling you this. One, it's really, really cool that she's waiting and not doing it without you. Two, just say, hey, honey, I know we're not going to come to an agreement on this. Can we agree that we'll just wait? Let's just wait. More and more information is coming out. Just wait. Just wait. Remember... This is making it into mainstream news outlets now. When I read that article for you earlier in the week about how all three of the vaccines, all three companies, all the effectiveness is going down after six months. I mean, drastically, most by more than half. That was the L.A. Times. The L.A. Times is a communist rag. Just wait you're, if you're a business right now, you don't want to do this. Wait, wait, wait. Time is our friend. There's no need to rush into anything right now. There are court battles going on. They we, they just had another discovery this morning. The CDC, because of a Freedom of Information Act request, the CDC came out and said, um, ooh, this is awkward. There's actually not a single recorded case of an of a person who had coronavirus and got over it spreading coronavirus after that. Not one case in the entire United States of America. You think that's not going to be involved in these lawsuits, man? Just wait. All right. Hi, Jesse. I heard that Ron DeSantis was planning to sue over the VAX mandates. So are any other Republican governors following suit or is he alone? Love what you're doing. Keep up the great work. He's very much alone, but there are, no, there are other Republican governors jumping in and look, I'm a heavy D fan. I'm, 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 I like a lot of what he's doing. I'm a big fan. All right. You know, I don't wave anyone's pom-poms, but I'm a big fan of what he's done. I am getting a bit frustrated though, how the other Republican governors are waiting and following his lead. Let's go fellas. Greg Abbott of Texas, other Republican governors, heavy D can't carry the whole load. He's one guy. Let's 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 go here. Getting frustrated with it, man. Getting real frustrated with it. So let's let's it's per crop here. Chris, will you play dome for me one one more time? She bring she brings me up, Chris. She brings me up.
6: With that, I'm happy to take any questions. Right. Oh uh, Simone, are you? Are yes. Michelle, uh, my oh, you microphone have, was not okay. on.
2: So okay. let's do our first question from Felipe Ricard
3: from Le Monde. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She forgot she was assigned questions. Gosh, this woman. All right. we. right. I'm going to turn through as many more of these questions as I can here in this final segment. But but, Christmas time is coming. I know you probably already have a MyPillow. If you don't, get one right now. Because they were originally $69.98. Right now, with the promo code JESSE, they're $19.98. That's just stupid savings. And if you want the King Pillow, which that's what I have, it's only $10 more but Christmas time is coming. Get your family members MyPillows. These things are the best gifts in the world. When people lay down on them, they say, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I ever went without one. And remember, they have over 150 MyPillow products. It's more than just a pillow. We have the mattress toppers, the slippers. My wife never takes the jammies off. My pillow is awesome. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener specials. Use the promo code Jesse. And that'll get you a steal on a brand new MyPillow for $19.98. Or call 800-845-0544. Use the promo code JESSE. Don't just get one for yourself. Christmas time's coming. Stock up.
5: Feeling a little stocky?
3: Follow, like, and subscribe on social
5: at DC.
3: The Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday. One more segment. Gosh, that sucks. On an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Look, if I were you, I would wait until this segment is done, and then I'd just go right to iHeart, Google, Spotify, or iTunes. Don't roll your eyes, Chris, and I would download the entire show and listen to it again Look, you know there are just some amazing takes from me that you missed. What, Chris? There are amazing takes you missed from me in there. Go download the show. Dr. Jesse, I know on Twitter you just retweet when people call you a racist, or bigot or whatever, and it's hilarious. How would you handle it if it were a national stage, national debate stage? I think it's a bit more of a slippery slope because it's a lose-lose if you defend yourself or not. Do you just ignore it? Would you call them a name in retaliation? Curious your thoughts. Since I can use his name, his name's Steven. Uh, yeah, I'd call him pedophiles. I'm not making that up. I'm not even trying to be glib either. Look, I, you don't get to play offense with me. This is the new right. I play offense too. If you're gonna level accuse, I mean, do you realize how common it is to call somebody a Nazi? Do people Do people truly understand how evil the Nazis were and the things the Nazis did? Do you, um, the Einsatzgruppen, you ever heard of them? They were the hardcore Jew-hating Nazis that accompanied the German army. Remember, the German army, like we talked about earlier, they weren't all Nazis. A bunch of these guys were just German troops. You don't want your regular German troops to have to kill all the Jews you want to kill. In places like the Czech Republic, things like that or uh, you know, some of the Eastern European places, the Einsatzgruppen would haul people out, Jews out, and they'd hand them pipes and they'd beat each other to death. You call somebody a Nazi, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Don't you dare think you're going to level an accusation like that at me and I'm not going to come up with something equally vile to lay back at you. You don't get to call me a Nazi and then have me try. Oh, that's not true. My friends are Jews. No, 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 no. If we're playing offense, we're going to play offense, pedophile. That's how we're playing this game now. Hey, Jessica, you know, that's not nice. I've got two questions. When is your book coming out? Have you even started it, bro? No, oh, I haven't started it. Oh, and I, It's funny you brought that up. I actually had to sit down with a bunch of fancy pantsers last night. And they started riding me again about writing a book. I hate writing. And I know people say just uh just get a ghostwriter. I'm a bad person, you know that. It feels dishonest. If I use a ghostwriter, it feels dishonest, what, Chris? I'm not going to credit my ghostwriter in the acknowledgments. Look, if I use the Ghostwriter, I'm not giving him any credit at all. But now it feels dishonest to have someone else write it. And I've said this before, and I'm, I'm sure it's something else wrong with me as a person. I get that. But you asked me to sit down and do a three hour radio show. Fine. You want me to sit down and do an hour long TV show? I do one every single night on the first TV. Fine. I, I do both in a given day. And there aren't butterflies or something like that. I'm having a blast, as you can tell. No problem. No problem. Time of my life. As you can tell, we enjoy ourselves. If you were to tell me right now that I had to go home as a condition of my employment, I had to go home and I had to write a thousand words, just a a normal article, a thousand words. I would, when I sat down in front of my computer, I would have that feeling in the pit of my stomach like you get when you speak in front of people. It's that bad. I would delay it when I got home. I'd find a million different things I had to do instead. Finally, the wife would have to start riding me. Go get your writing done. I I hate writing. The thought of writing an entire book sounds horrible to me. Absolutely horrible to me. Jesse, can a state refine its own oil and use it within that state? If gas prices were, say, $1 in Texas, then commie blue states would be at such a disadvantage the free market might be strong enough to shake off the Federal Department of Energy, which controls interstate energy as well as international policy. Could Montana do a pipeline to Canada oil and sell it themselves? I mean, theoretically, yes, the problem is the feds have so much influence over what the states do these days, way too much influence over what the states do that even a powerful state like Texas, I don't think they would stand up to the federal government if it came to a head. And I, I don't and remember, this is this gets way more complicated than we can just break down right here. But it's not as if you just yank oil out of the ground and boom, it's it's ready. Throw it in my car. I'm ready to roll. I mean, you have to refine it. It just it it, it takes more, and we don't do everything everywhere. We'll ship off unrefined oil to get refined somewhere else and then ship back in the refined oil. It's just just because your state has oil doesn't mean you have what you need to gas up your car. That's the best way I can describe it. Happy birthday and happy Veterans Day, you handsome devil dog. He's talking about the Marine Corps birthday. That was just That was two days ago. Simple question. When can I take a break? There's a ton happening every day, but I feel like I'm losing my mind trying to pay attention to all of it. How does the Oracle relax and tune it out? Or do you love the show? Okay to say Chris, Chris, huh? How about that? His name's Chris. He was with Fox two one. How about that? Semper Fi, my brother. Listen to me, everybody. It's not just for him. Everybody right now, because things are bad and they're going poorly, it's easy to feel stressed and overwhelmed and everything's hopeless and whatnot. I understand that I make my living because you listen to my show. I get that. If it becomes too much, turn the freaking thing off for a couple days. You ask what I do? I've told you this story before. My TV producer is obsessed with politics, and he asked me one day, asked me in my ear when I was finishing up my TV show, he was mad about something Biden did. He said, do you ever turn it off? Can you believe this? And I said, brother, I turn it off about five seconds after I take this earpiece out of my ear. I love what I do. And I'm the most blessed guy in the world to be able to not work for a living. But when I'm done, when I wrap this up and I wrap up my TV show and I go home, I don't touch politics till the next day. What do I do? I go home. I hang with the wife. I hang out with my buddies. We watch movies. I read books. I watch documentaries. Shut up, Chris. I know it's a little nerdy. Get away. And there's nothing wrong. Look, I'm not telling you to give up politics because this stuff matters. That's why we're into it. It matters a lot. And I'm really not telling you to turn off the show permanently. Take a day. Take two. Take three. The world's going to keep on turning. Keep your chin up. There's more of us than there are of them. We'll be fine. That's all.
5: to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.